Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, shame and negative self-talk. And with us in our virtual studio is Dr. Sharon Saline. Um, we're going to get into the meat of our show in a second, but some quick announcements. Our program tonight is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. In celebration of this and, and the thankful support that they give us in our shows, we're going to share a tip for you in a second. But we're giving away uh, two free digital copies of Attention Magazine. Uh, to receive yours, all you have to do is write down the secret word in the show, which we'll give out during the show, and the secret word from another show that we've done. Uh, send us an email at attention at attentiontalkradio.com with the two secret words, and we will um, get you a PDF copy of the current issue of Attention Magazine and the one that will be coming out next. Um, and uh, we've got a little tip that we're going to play for you, and then we'll get into the meat of the show. For adults with ADHD who struggle in the workplace, here are three tips. Use self-talk to monitor impulsive actions. Work with a coach to role-play appropriate responses to frustrating situations. Anticipate problems that regularly trigger you and develop coping routines. To learn more strategies, visit Chad's website at helpforadhd.org. Thanks, Chad, for uh, that tip. Uh, for those that are not aware, Chad's the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to become members. Um, there's a lot of great benefits that are associated with Chad, and you can learn all about those at chadd.org. But the most important reason is to financially support them because they're the ones that are on uh, Capitol Hill uh, representing our, our community, the ones in um, different regulatory agencies trying to make sure definitions are, are helpful, we get accommodations, and we get uh, we get the help that we need. So, uh, again, we encourage you to go check out their website, chadd.org. Okay, so let's get into tonight's show. Uh, the topic is ADHD, shame, and negative self-talk. Uh, we're here with Dr. Sharon Saleem. Uh, she's a li- licensed clinical psychologist in private practice working um, primarily with children, adolescents, college-age students, and families for the diagnosis, treatment, and intervention of ADHD, learning disabilities, and mental health issues. She's the author of the forthcoming book, What's Your ADHD Child Wishes You Knew? working together to empower kids for success in school and life. Um, Dr. Sharon Saleem has extensive experience consulting with schools throughout Western Massachusetts on mental health issues in the classroom, interpreting psychological issues. She graduated cum laude from Brown University, received her master's degree in psychology from New College of uh, California, and obtained her doctorates in psychology from the California School of Professional Psychology. Uh, for more information, visit our website at uh, Dr. Sharon Saleem, and that's D-R-S-H-A-R-O-N-S-A-L-I-N-E.com. With that, Sharon, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks so much for having me, and I am, as usual, thrilled to be here. One of my favorite things to do is to hang out and chat with you. So, All right, well, I, we enjoy you coming on here. I always, learn, 
Yeah, I always learn a, a ton of, of stuff from you. Like last time, one of the shows that we did was the we were talking about the notion between worry and anxiety. And if I remember, anxiety was the physical manifestation of the worry. And I liked how you kind of delineated those two because I think if you kind of do things with some specificity, it makes it a little bit easier for you to identify it, recognize it, and deal with it. And today we're talking about shame and negative self-talk. Can we begin by just talking about what shame shame is and what negative self-talk is? Absolutely. Uh, I believe that shame is when you feel, um, obviously when you feel bad about yourself, but when you feel embarrassed for who you are, that when you feel um, a a certain sense of of self-loathing towards who you are and and just... um, you know, you just feel like a piece of dog do you. Um, which, uh, it, you really feel like you, you, you just are lower than the curve and everybody's walking right on top of you. And so shame is, is a feeling of, you know, intense uh, negativity towards the self. That's why I felt self-loathing. But also, you know, deep kind of disappointment about who you are, what you can't do, um, what you do that people don't like or respond to well. And it's, it's toxic, and it is absolutely directly connected to one's self-confidence, one's ability to be resilient, and it is um, something that is an important part of, of addressing um, whether you have ADHD or not. Um, however... Because people with ADHD receive so many negative messages about themselves, particularly when they're younger, shame is very, uh, it's just widespread and it's deep. Um, I think it's often not um, given enough attention um, because what we focus on a lot is, okay, how can we get through? What's the present situation? Why, aren't, why can't I you know, change my behavior in the present and one of the reasons that I see in my practice or the people I, you know, speak to publicly or people I'm doing a little bit of family coaching is the reason that change cannot be um, a sort of uh, persistent, the change can't persist, excuse me, is because there are these underlying parts of the self, you know, people hold that are, you know, just shame-filled and really bringing them down. Mhm. And so it's, it um, seems something that yeah. it seems something that develops over time or people more predisposed to it. I'm kind of curious. I don't I don't really I mean I've heard Shane talk about it. I coach around it, but I don't really deal with it specifically. Um is shame something that develops? I think that shame is 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 a, a sort of a fundamental human experience. Um, because it's related to disappointment, but it's disappointment with yourself. And, mm-hmm. and disappointment is one of those five core emotions, you know, um, and it's something that we have to learn to live with, um, and it's something that we aren't born with. We're not born with strong disappointment muscles. They have to develop over time, <clears throat> and they develop through experiences. And there are usually experiences that are a little bit painful or experiences that are, you know, we're in the midst of learning. It's trial and error. Um, But instead of being able to sort of shake it off as, okay, I tried that. It didn't work. 
what happens for kids with ADHD or kids who uh, are struggling at school or are struggling socially is that that resilience doesn't really kind of factor in. What factors in is what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Why am I doing this? And that um, something is wrong with me it sort of part grabs on and kind of sits there and weighs people down and it just grows over time into a pretty healthy sense of shame, particularly if you grow up in families where people are blaming, and a lot uh-huh. of people do blame, um, that shame response um, can become quite um, prominent. So disappointment in oneself, you can you could have an act that you do something that, well, you know, I really, I'm disappointed I did that. Maybe I blurted out, you know, whatever that act is that you do, you can just shake it right. off and kind of move on or be, begin to wonder, well, why did I do that? What's wrong with me? And it seems to me, and I'm not, this is your area, I'm just coaching, that the more you dwell and put a spotlight and focus on the, the, the symptomatic side of what's wrong with me without really understanding the why, it begins to get magnified and I would think grows over that, that, you know, that old scene, what you pay attention to grows. Um, and then mm-hmm. it almost comes hating. Is And this is just a, my crack at it. Is, is that, is that kind of a nutshell kind of how it manifests or would you, is there a better way to describe well, it? Well, you know, it's interesting, Jeff. I just came back from speaking at the psychotherapy network or symposium in Washington, D.C., and, you know, there are 5,000 therapists, and there were lots and lots of breakouts and, and, and keynote speakers who were talking about trauma and <clears throat> mindfulness. And one of the things that happens with uh, repeated trauma um, is that there is a response. There's a part of the brain, there's a pathway that starts to be paved pretty, pretty, pretty well, pretty well through lots of use on this is how I respond when I'm being treated a particular way. Now, I believe, and Eric Tervis and I have talked about this quite a bit, that kids with ADHD experience the trauma of a thousand little paper cuts. So it's not, you know, the huge trauma of, oh, my God, um, my I lost a parent in 9-11, or, oh, my gosh, you know, um, I've been neglected or worse. But it's the trauma of little things being reported to them constantly about what they're not doing right and what they could be better and where they're off. And so that, the way that that information gets programmed into the brain and our responses to it have a lot to do with um, how shame develops. And I think the other thing that's really important when we think about this is that, um, you know, shame is a response to something that we feel bad about ourselves, but we don't feel in control to change. And so um, if we're only working on changing the behavior and not changing the thinking or the feeling that goes with, the, what's blocking that be, the change, then we're not going to actually be successful. So there was a lot of talk at the conference that, you know, CBT is very useful, but if it's not accompanied by insight-oriented, mindful work, 
that the change isn't going to be metabolized or integrated as effectively. And that's always been my belief and how I work with people, that I can't just change the thinking and I can't just stay in the feelings, that I do a dance between the two of them. So it's a it's a response to something that you feel bad about. And there's, I guess, two sides. One is you have that underlying issue, but there's also the more tactical issue that you deal in the moment. And, I, and what you're saying is, is long-term, tactically, that stuff doesn't necessarily work until you address the internal dialogue. Is that, am I misrepresenting that? Right. Well, you have to do both. You have to offer um, and teach new behaviors or new responses to, situ- to recurring situations but you also have to deal with the part of yourself that's developed that's saying those negative things because that part is trying to, to help you in some way. And when you're a kid, you develop these things as a coping mechanism because you're, you're young, you have primitive coping skills. Excuse me. But as you age, you know, when, after, when you're a young adult, like in your 20s or when you're older, in your 30s and 40s, you may not, no longer need that coping skill because you have other resources. So you have to oh. be able, instead of just say, oh, I'm just not going to do that anymore, to, to honor what that response has been doing and serving you. So, for example, um, I'm anxious, right? I, I Sharon Celine, am some anxious person. I come by it naturally. You know, and um, and I can say, gosh, you know, and I do say many times, I wish I weren't anxious. I hate this anxiety. I want it to go away. But what I'm trying to do is have a little more self-compassion and, and look at how the anxiety served me. You know, I grew up in a family with um, an unmedicated, undiagnosed ADHD brother and a father who um, was under a lot of work pressure and probably um, had his own executive functioning challenges. He wasn't great at emotional control, and a mom who was trying to manage all of these personalities. So no one was teaching me an alternative skill, right? So in a way, I have to remember that when my anxiety is coming up, it's a flag. Oh, I'm in a situation where I don't feel safe. And it's the same thing for shame. You know, if the shame arises, then that shame is sending you up a red flag. Something is going on in a situation that is not feeling safe or that is um, challenging you or overwhelming you. How can you respond differently? What are the skills you need to respond differently? What are the feelings that you have to access for that? And then they come together and a new neural pathway will be formed as you start to practice it. And that's the key is you have to practice it um these types of things don't happen overnight. You just don't wake up. But I like that. I like tension exercises because I can relate it. It's something you have to practice over a period of time to kind of build the muscle. Is that right? Absolutely. If you don't practice it, then you're not going to actually internalize it, right? So if I can say, you know what, you know, if I, could say, if I said to one of my clients, look, you know what, there's no reason to be ashamed that it takes you longer to do your homework than your friends. It's just how your brain works. What do you think they're going to say to me? You know, that, that's not going to make a difference. The thing yep. that I would need to do is to, is to really talk with them and say, well, tell, describe this for me. Describe what feeling ashamed is. What do other kids do that you can't? And how do you know for sure 
that they're, yep. it's, it's easier for them, you know, to really kind of do a little yep. investigato- investigation. I, I, I call it put on, yeah. you know, my Sherlock Holmes hat. Um, yeah. Well, because I, I want to get to the, I was saying, because I want to get to the negative thought. What is the core negative thought? I'm lazy. Is it that? Is it I'm stupid? Is it that? Is it other people are better than me? Is it that? Because that's how kids say, you know, other people are better than I am. But actually, they say other people are better than me, and then I want to correct that. <laughs> I am. Got it. The correct English. Um, so um, I want to get to that negative thought because that's where the emotion is. It's yep. that's where the shame is. That's the thing that's holding them back. Got it. So I tell you what, I want to pick up on this when we, when we come back. I need to go to break real quick. Um, for our listeners, okay. our secret word tonight is actually shame. And uh, so you need to learn more about uh, Dr. Saline. Go to her website, D-R-S-H-A-R-O-N-S-A-L-I-N-E.com. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. Get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www.carolinemaguireauthor.com to learn more. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and Executive Function Challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Dr. Celine having a great conversation about ADHD, shame, and negative self-talk. And I have to tell you, be honest with you, I'm a coach. I don't delve into a lot of things. I do just coach around it a little bit. I try to be as upfront as I can about that and encourage people um, in some of these spaces to either seek out a therapist, counselor, um, or even continue if they already are. And, uh, Sharon, I think this has been really helpful for me, just understanding that shame is built over a period of time and it, it requires some mental effort and some practice over a period of time to re, re, I don't know what the right word is, is to develop some new pathways to kind of override is not the right adjective. I'll let you fix that. But um, managing shame and negative self-talk, it's a willful act. It's not just something that you get over every day. Is that, is that accurate? 
That's absolutely right. You know, the way that we, our brain is plastic and it grows and changes over our lifetime. And, and we, you know, as we learn, whether we're four or we're 40 or we're 65, we're still creating new pathways. And so just because you struggle with shame doesn't mean you can't get over it or, um, or learn a new way of coping with it. Actually, you absolutely can. And I think it's important for adults living with ADHD and adults who are parenting kids who are living with ADHD to really start to think about and, and attempt to different ways of taking on shame. And, and the best way, I think, to take, it, to take it on is to really get a sense of what that negative thinking is saying, you know, and where it's coming from. So because in so, coaching, you know, I'm sure you've had this experience where, you know, you, you work on an issue with someone and you work on it and you work on it and it's not getting better. So what's getting in the way of that, you know? Yeah, I'm talking out loud here a little bit. I'll be interested to comment. I was actually coaching somebody not that long ago, a college student that was um, – we are talking about asking questions of teachers. And he said, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm always shameful to kind of do that. And I'm not so sure that yeah. shame was underlying this, but I was like, so, you know, what's difficult about asking the question? And what we um, are working hypothesis right now is the individual is um, a really – the very, very top-down thinker. And they're getting into school where they're dealing with things that are not as visual or conceptual. And it's that notion of walking in and the pressure of not asking a specific question, but actually walking in and saying, I'm having a hard time conceptualizing this. I'm a hard time visualizing this, and I'm having a hard time connecting mm-hmm. it. We're actually practicing about this, asking these questions, because we could get that and say, if you can give me that, that higher level, I can break it down into components, and then we can get to the details. The hypothesis is, is that this person has to get it from that type of a level, and it's not typically taught. I don't know where that stands right now, but mm-hmm. we're tactically kind of going after it that way. And if that's just really the underlying issue, it's there's not necessarily shame, but if there is shame, then I would say this probably isn't going to work. If we are, it would just be lucky. Is that is that maybe right? Yes. That's exactly right. So for me, if I'm coaching somebody on this area and I'm doing my regular thing and it's not working, then truly, like, really the barrier really is the shame side of it because that's the underlying issue that's going to keep me from going forward, which is why this is such an important topic because you can go get some help. It might put a Band-Aid or you might get lucky, but unless you deal with it, it's, it's, it's the elephant in the room. Right, and that's where therapy and coaching, uh, you know, can work hand in hand. You know, I, I, want, I have a friend who's a psychiatrist, and, and he says, you know, shame is when you feel like a worthless, a worthless piece of dog do. And, you know, that has to be dealt with in, in order for people to, like, live in the present, you know, feeling satisfied and connected to other people and making changes. And for people with ADHD, it's critical to find ways to deal with this um, this issue, and so that's a great thing to talk about in therapy, and then those awarenesses and that level of comfort and understanding oneself can then be brought into the activities and and the recommendations that you're doing in coaching. So I'm kind of curious on your thoughts on this. I was I've, I coached one individual many many years ago. I'm not going to get in a lot of detail other than kind of where it was cool part about coaching is you, you get into these things and you have no idea what's going to happen. All of a sudden something cool comes out and then you right. use it all over the place. 
this person was feeling shame by asking people their advice on some things. And at the end of the day, what the issue was is they'd, they'd ask for somebody's advice and they would tell them what to do and they weren't doing or couldn't do it. And they felt shameful in, in as much as that. And, and you know, Karen, I'm, I'm not therapist at all, but I was just like, hmm, what are we going to do here? How are we going to get around it? And I said, what would it be like if you just ask them about their experience? And we, we began to gnaw on it a little bit. We began to realize if you ask somebody their yes, if I say, what should I do? And they tell you, there's a certain amount you ask them, there's pressure that you should do it. And if you don't do it, then, you know, well, that's, you got the outcome. But if you ask for their experience, you're not asking them what to do. They're just sharing their thoughts on what to do, and you can kind of take it or leave it. And it was mm-hmm. kind of funny. I've actually got a tension talk video on it. You know, never ask anybody their opinion. Just ask somebody's experience because it really kind of takes the pressure off of it. And, you know, this person activated this situation, so I don't know how deep the shame was. But just from a from a coaching and tactical type perspective, that can help you through a situation. But, again, underlying it long term is you've got to deal with the shame side of it and, and reverse that talk. Is that – you just want to comment on that? Of course. You know, the thing is um, that what was interesting at the networker symposium was that a lot of people were talking about why CBT doesn't work, cognitive behavioral therapy. And and they were emphasizing, um, you know, dealing with the the mindful aspect or, um, you know, ways of talking about trauma uh, or actually feeling like working with the body because the body remembers right at what what what's going on, and so you know to me, I feel like tactical um, tactical steps and practical tools are essential part of working with people with ADHD they're essential um, and they have to go along a little bit with they have to go along with some insight you know, about what they've done that wasn't working and yep. um, maybe why they've continued to, to perpetuate that, why they've continued to do stuff that isn't working, even though they know it's not working. And frequently when I do this in my office, what I find is it's familiar, it's easier. I don't want to try something new because if I fail at that, that'll just bring up that I'm a failure, you know. Yep. And I think that that's, you know, I've worked with, you know, hundreds of people with ADHD over the years, and the shame is sometimes it's outright. You know, people will just verbalize it, or sometimes it's a lot It's a lot more subtle. For example, you know, a boy may, may basically take his test result and crumple it up and leave it in the back corner of his desk and his parents won't see it. Or a girl will um, just stuff her feelings down until she can't take it anymore and then, you know, um, breaks down crying and spills all of the stuff that's been going on. Parents had no idea. So, you know, it is, it's challenging. One of the things that I think helps is when, when adults who have ADHD, if each night before they go to bed, they can just have a little notebook next to their bed and write down three good things about the day. And they can be, these things can be super small, like, my hair looked good, or um, I wore my favorite earrings, um, or um, I, uh, I, I liked the breakfast I made for myself, or they can be much bigger. I did a great job on my presentation. My boss liked my report, um, the, or I sold, I, I, I made a top sale yeah. that I was looking for. Yep. So anything like that. And, and I'll say, 
there's been some research on, you know, paying attention to these three good things, and it's been found to actually shift um, yep. one's uh, balance towards a yeah, more, wanna, more positive thinking. Yeah, I want to I wanna take a break here because I want to kind of pick up on that. I got lots of thoughts on some other shows because I think that this is really – we've talked a lot about this stuff that I really – I got from a coaching perspective and some experience, I got some cool stuff I want to share. So we're going to go to break and come Excellent. back. Everyone, our secret word tonight is shame. Uh, to learn more about uh, Dr. Celine, go to uh, Dr. Sharon, uh, Celine, S-A-L-I-N-E dot com. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, TimeTimer's bright red disc disappears. Visit TimeTimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit EdgeFoundation.org to learn more how an Edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Dr. Celine having a great conversation about ADHD, shame, and negative self-talk. And uh, before the break, Sharon, we were talking a little bit about the practice of writing down in a notebook three things that you did good. And, you know, over the years, I've, I've, it's been such a journey with me doing this show. I've learned so much from talking to the experts, and I've seen certain patterns and things that I've done over a period of time. And we did a show on mindfulness um, some time ago with Lydia and her name was uh, escaping me. But the idea was we were talking about the shift of attention and uh, the idea like meditation is you're trying to notice thoughts and you kind of let them go. And, and I, when I first heard about thinking of mindfulness and meditation is you're focused on this object and when an extraneous thought comes to mind, you let it go and you bring it back to your breath or the object as like an attention exercise to kind of train people's minds with ADHD to kind of like to be aware of those thoughts and block them out and make choice. And it's like, I, I explained it's like attention exercise. But then I also interviewed uh, Greg Critch um, of the Toto Institute, and he was talking about like, like attitude and stuff like that. And in Japanese psychology, you have to practice gratitude. And as he described it, every day when you have a problem, like if you have a flat tire, that's a problem, and you have to deal with it right now. But if something good happens, you don't have to deal with it right now. And as he described to me in, in simple terms, 
if you go in the world, the problems are all over the place. And what happens is, is good things get crowded out by all the problems. And the notion in Japanese psychology, at least my interpretation of it was, is you have to have to stop. You have to practice it. You have to, like, it's like going to the gym, and they would practice gratitude. <clears throat> and that notion of sitting down and, and journaling or writing down um, things that were good. And I did an interview with uh, Lydia Zalowski, I think I mispronounced her name years ago, and we talked about you can practice shifting your attention, but there's also the shifting of your attitude, which is a whole different thing. And we began to talk about how it is an exercise. And sometimes, and I've done this where I coach you before, to change your attitude, it has to start with you have to identify something that's good and it, or that you're grateful for. And it could be something as I bit into that strawberry and it really tasted good. I was grateful for that moment. I was grateful when I walked outside, and I stepped in the puddle that my socks didn't get wet. You start with these really little things because a lot of times when you say grateful, people they catastrophize. It's got to be these huge, large things. And one of the things that I'm hearing for you in, in that exercise is if you're going to deal with this negative self-talk and you can do it at the most basic level, and, I, and I'm guessing it should be overseen by a therapist or something like that, is the practice of sitting down and becoming aware, acknowledging, the things that are going right in order to rewire your brain. So if that's incorrect, can you correct me or comment on this, this notion? Yes. I, I think that the fact is that we want to help kids um, and adults shift their focus. You know, the brain has a negativity bias. That's how we survived in the jungle. You know, we paid attention to things that weren't going well, so we made sure that we didn't do them again, right? Yep. And then, you know, for example, if we walked in a place where there were a lot of, you know, dangerous animals. We made sure we didn't go back there. You know, we had to stay on alert. Um, And so we just have that bias. So I encourage parents, you know, when you pick up your kids from school to ask them, kids who can be kind of negative, ask them what happened today that went well, at least to identify three things and to help them tell. You don't need to ask what didn't go well because they'll certainly tell you about that. Or do it at the dinner table. You know, you can do, um, uh, some families do a rose and a thorn. You know, we, we, in my family, we used to do a high and a low every day. Or you could do two highs and one low. Um, so that, you know, there's some attention. You know, um, Dr. Barbara Fredrickson says that the positivity ratio should be three to one. Three positives for every negative. And, you know, I've been, um, I wrote my book and it came out in August, and I've been on the road since then talking to lots of parents and kids with ADHD. And I ask each group that I talk to, you know, what do you think the ratio is? And parents overwhelmingly have said that they think the positivity ratio for their kid is 1 to 15, one positive for every 15 negative, negatives. And so if that's the case, of course kids feel shame. Yep. Right? Of course they're focused on the negative thing. So. It, it, it it did seem that, that, that so one of the things that I've I've been learning over recently is that there's so much people with ADHD can do so much better if you help them learn how to problem solve, not just give them like just go do this. Mm-hmm. And I I like days yeah. because I think if you have ADHD and you have shame, you got to problem solve this, and you got to realize there's tactical type stuff and there's what's underlying. At the end of the day, you just don't say I'm going to get rid of shame and shake it aside. It's something you've got to kind of work through, and this notion of practicing and rewiring your brain by 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 talking, combating. Now, tactical-type things can help you along the line, but at the end of the day, each individual is different. And the, the goal of the show is really to identify this as, you know, 
potential elephant in the room and identify, listen, this, these are issues you've got to work through if you're, in a, if you're going to do this, but if you're dedicated and you make the time to happen, real progress can be made and you can make a very fulfilling life. And is that, would you like to add to that? Absolutely true. Justice? I mean, yes. I mean, let's, 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 let's be honest here. You know, if you're basically paying attention to three good things every day, then you, you are making a, 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 and sometimes Herculean effort to change how you're processing information. And it's great to do this if you have a partner in your life or if you're, if you're a child and if you have a child, you're a single parent or you have a you yourself are, if you're listening to this and you're a young adult and you're living at home, you could do this with your parents to try to shift the focus and everybody can do that. Who couldn't use a little more gratitude in their lives, Right. And so I think that it's not that gratitude. It's not that gratitude will replace the shame. It's just that it will it will offer some balance to that that the power of that negative thinking and the and the frequency of that negative thinking because we want to balance it out. We want the 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 driver of the car to be someone who says, oh, "Okay, yep, there's my negative thinking again." Good to see you. I'm not really going to listen to you right now because you're just going to be defeating. Instead, I'm going to pay attention to the good thing that I did this morning, which will make me feel better about myself. And, and I, 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 I couldn't agree with you more, but taking a chapter out of Dr. Barker's book, you have the – think of the brain as a two-level system. You have the automatic brain, and you, we talked about this, the mm-hmm. survival thing, thinking brain. It's yeah. very effortful the thinking brain to step in and override it. So as we talk about this, I want everybody to realize is self-regulation, the ability to pause and engage the rational thinking brain to override that more emotional thing. It's not necessarily an easy thing to do, but it's, it's, it's the key. It's the trick in order to kind of make this thing happen. So don't expect it to be a piece of cake, but understand is that if you do it over a long period of time, particularly with some help from some other people, you can have a real impact. That's exactly right. And and what we want to do is 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 not not, you know, shroud our shame and and cover it up in in you know, dark clothing and bury it into a hole. We want to try to uncover uncover it a little bit slowly and own it. You know what? I um I I feel ashamed that I interrupt people all the time and it's because I'm passionate and I have a lot of good things to say. So like it's that. a yes like and rather than an, an, a, an a either or a, a but a yes but you know and and or I think that that simple reframe exactly that simple those reframes make all the difference. Oh, um, we need to pull this to close. Any last thoughts, nuggets, insights, tidbits before uh, we call it a day? Um, what I you know what I would say, uh, Jeff, is that. Um, People have different levels of shame about having ADHD or about things they do that, or ways they live. Um, and the goal isn't to get rid of it. It's to make sure you're in control of the volume button on that shame, that it's not always at maximum, that you can, you know, basically figure out ways to turn it down. And when it flags and comes up and all of a sudden it's blaring in your head, you can talk to it and you can help it. Um, quiet down so that you can move on Siri, to the activity that you down. want to do. <laughs> or Alexa, exactly. volume down. Siri, turn the volume down. Siri, wait, Alexa, <laughs> turn my shame volume down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. 
We're absolutely thrilled. Everybody, you need to go learn more about Dr. Celine. Go to her website, drsharonsalinesalin.com. We hope you enjoyed this show. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.